everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. Today's guest is Danielle Dietz-Lavolsi, my dear friend, founder and CEO of Nutso, the first of its kind, seven nut and seed butter. Danielle shares with us about her passion for starting Nutso after adopting two boys from the Ukraine, her fear of having regret, and the importance of focusing on self-care. Danielle is also the co-founder of Project Left Behind, a nonprofit that supports the educational endeavors and nutritional needs of orphaned children worldwide. Keep listening to hear all about it. Danielle, welcome to Live Purely with Elizabeth. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. This is great. So at Purely Elizabeth, our mission is to help you thrive on your wellness journey. It would be great to start at the beginning of yours. You have such an inspirational story and Personally, I'm grateful to have known you for a lot of the nutso uh, beginnings, but I'd love mm-hmm. if you could just start off with what led you to starting nutso. Take us back to the beginning. Yeah, it's, well, it's one of my favorite stories. And I think to in order to be a great brand, authenticity is kind of at the core. So, you know, just like with Purely Elizabeth and being authentic, that's really important to me and the brand. And so... The story centers around really adopting two boys from the Ukraine. And when it happened, I had just moved out to San Diego and was watching it 2020 on a Romanian orphanage. And it was really horrific. It was an undercover story. They had kids in cribs at five, six years old. They were kind of listless. They also had a bunch of children that were naked in a tub trying to get clean. And then I saw kids that were kind of tied up banisters, you know, going down the hallway. So I, of course, had heard about, you know, kids being adopted and knew all about that. But that show, it sounds almost like ridiculous, but that really was so horrific that the next morning... I woke up and I was still thinking about the show and those kids. And I really believe like it's not biologically who our parents are, like isn't the most important thing. It's who's raised us. And so that was already a part of my philosophy. And I just wanted to kind of help some children. A year and a half later, we ended up flying over to the Ukraine because Romania closed down. And it was seriously an overnight of let's adopt. We have great families. And so we flew over to the Ukraine in 2002. And we knew we wanted to get a child that was a little older than an infant because we could have biologically had children. And it's a lot harder for the older kids to get adopted. So we found our first son in an orphanage in the Ukraine, and he was three and a half years old. And I had brought over clothes. I have a biological daughter. You know, I was expecting this three and a half year old child, and he was so tiny. He was just like in the five percent on height and weight. So he was just a little string bean. And he was, you could tell he was going to be smart. 
He didn't have any glasses. We found out later that he would have never had glasses because their philosophy is, you know, they're expensive. They're just going to break. So when we got him home, he was in the 2200 was his eyesight. So basically he's almost legally blind. He wasn't, but it's really bad eyesight. So we got him glasses. And then I, being a mom and loving nutrition, was trying to, you know, fortify everything that I made for him so that he would hopefully gain some weight and just, you know, I felt like I was already behind the eight ball. And the one thing I was just having a terrible time was finding some source of protein that he would be able to eat and chew and swallow. And it seems like such a simple task, but because he had grown up on forages, he really wasn't able to chew anything texturous. So I would just rack my brains on what I could feed him and run around the house with a spoon usually <laughs> trying to get him to eat. One day I got like this great idea because I grew up on Jeff Smooth, but I love nut butters. And I was like, I'm going to make a complete protein out of a nut butter. And so, you know, doing what we all do best, which is problem solving as entrepreneurs, I went to the kitchen, I grabbed some peanuts, which I knew were a legume. And then added some different nuts and seeds because, of course, every nut and seed has different vitamins. And I put them into my food processor to make a creamy multi-nut butter. And I then put it on a banana and he ate it. He loved bananas. So that is how Nutso got started for real. Wow. That's such an incredible story. And I think just about being an entrepreneur is taking risks and something starting the business that way. But I think back just to you watching the 2020 and what a risk that was that you took on the unknown of adopting a child. And it's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I mean, it was, it, it was unbelievable. It was not something that, you know, I ever thought about doing like being an entrepreneur. I've definitely been thinking about doing, but, but adopting until that moment, like it never crossed my mind. Like that's what's kind of trippy. But it was just like, hey, I'm going to do it. Let's do it, which is my personality. But yeah, that was, that was the biggest one and the best probably of my whole life decision. Like that one was top. So as you were starting to make nut butter for your new baby, what was really the moment that you went from, okay, my newborn is liking this to this is a great business idea and how do I move forward? Yeah, I mean, good question. Well, it was really good. <laughs> so I was making a <laughs> lot of it and it's kind of messy because it's in a food processor, but I was, I mean, little Greg was eating a ton of it. And then of course I was eating a ton of it and then I would make it for birthday parties or it, I'd bring it over to friends for a little app or dinner snack and everybody was going on and on. So I was making a ton for friends, for birthday parties, for myself. And one day, you know, I was cleaning it out and my husband was like, well, why don't you just buy this stuff, Danielle? Like, why do you keep making it? It's kind of a pain. And I was just like, well, you can't. I mean, there's no such thing. And that really like saying it out loud sometimes, but like there's this need for multi-nut butter, at least I thought so. And I couldn't go out to the store and buy it. I had been kicking a lot of ideas down the road throughout my lifetime. Like I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but and I really thought it was around food. But this one for this was the perfect timing, I felt like. And it was something that I truly knew was filling a void in the consumer market. So it was awesome. 
So how much time had passed from, I guess, the first time that you made the multi-nut and seed butter for Greg until you said, I'm going to move forward and really start Nutso? Yeah, so it was about six years because we adopted him in 2002 in April. And I didn't quit my full-time job till 2008. It's all like baby steps, right? Like to have that epiphany of, oh, what about making a multi-nut butter? I did do something that I think was super important because I was working full-time in sales at a a local radio station is that I hired these two women to be my coach. And what I would tell anyone that's starting off a business, like time just has a way of just flying by And sometimes like you'll think like, oh, you know, you have the best of intentions and we're on working on something every week. But like when I was doing this coaching, it would, it would literally make me come up with three things that I was going to have accomplished by the next week's meeting. So I was, you know, accountable to someone else and it just helped me keep making steps forward in the process of really starting my own business. So, you know, I would say it was a good 18 months to two years from the idea of, oh, I really want to think about, you know, making this into a multi-nut butter and a national brand to quitting my full-time job and just going for it. So it's, it wasn't an overnight thing by any stretch. I think you bring up such a good point though, because it can feel really daunting when you have an idea of starting your own business. And having somebody to hold you accountable, or even if it's just yourself, but really bringing it down into those smaller steps, I think is super helpful. It was pivotal. It really was. Like I said, I've definitely, I mean, I've spoken to patent attorneys about these backward heel shoe ideas I had because I used to have such backgrounds. Like, oh, I let's hear about crazy those. Ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like I had, I've had like crazy ideas my whole adult life of, you know, wanting to do something to solve a problem. But yeah, I mean, the accountability and just kind of kicking it down the road. I will say though, like I did quit my full-time job before I even had sold one jar of nuts. So I don't know if you know that because we know a lot about each other, but yeah, <laughs> like I actually like seriously was just like, I couldn't do both anymore. You know, I was, cause I put 110% into anything I'm doing work-wise. And then of course, you know, having, we went over again in 2005, adopt another, you know, beautiful little boy who was one and a half. And so, you know, I have three kids, full-time job. And I'm trying to figure out like how to start a nut butter business, which I mean, my parents thought it was crazy, but they didn't say that, but I knew you always know what your parents are thinking. You know, there's a little bit of probably craziness in every entrepreneur for doing things, but yeah, quitting my job before I had one jar sold was, was probably the best. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to do both. Totally. So you sounds like I never knew that, that you had all these other crazy <laughs> ideas. They're not crazy, but... Well, they were, yeah. But ideas. So what do you think it was about Nutso that you felt differently, I guess, and really took the risk? Because I feel like being an entrepreneur is all about taking risks and stepping out of that comfort zone. So what made this feel like it was the right business idea to move forward with? And how do you think about taking risks and stepping out of your comfort zone? That is a great question because one of the biggest things I think that was different is just having the passion 
for now these two beautiful boys that are adopted and, you know, wanting to do even more than that in life. And, you know, how do you impact the world on a bigger scale was something I really thought like this nutso that I was making in my food processor. I thought it was like the best that you've ever tasted. Like I was, I'm very passionate about like, I really do believe nutso's nut butter is the best tasting nut butter out there. So it's like having a little, you know, uh, having some gold pieces, like you really believe you've got something special. So that was really important. But the number one thing like that I think, and I don't know if this is everybody, but you know, a lot of people have asked me, because it's hard to take that leap, right? You got to kind of jump off the cliff and close your eyes and just jump. But, you know, the thing that's always stood out in my mind and any time I get a little sideways with just being a little stressed out or where am I, how is this all going to end and look, is just that I, I am more scared of having regret than I am scared of failing. And I think that's I love that. what makes an entrepreneur. Like what I'm saying is when if I hadn't tried to make this nut butter company, if I had been like, because I had a great job, like honestly on paper and even in my own head, when I was making this decision, I was like, I'm crazy. I'm really crazy. I'm like, I'm making a great salary. I get so many awesome perks with going to concerts and eating out. And like people would look at my career and be like, that is a fun career. And it was, it was super fun. And then I had this like other side of me pulling me and saying, no, 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 you need to start your own business. That's what's really going to make you happy. And it's the regret, the fear of having regrets when I'm 80. Like I don't want to regret anything. And so I'll try it. And what's the worst that can happen? I could always go back to radio. That's was my thought. I was like, I can always go back. Like failure sucks and it hurts and it would be, you know, like it would be annoying as heck, but I can always go back. And for six months after I quit, I did not give away any of my suits because you have to, you know, I'm just totally different than I did then. Like you had to real, wear real suits and I kept them hanging in my closet for <laughs> six months before I gave them away because I was still a little bit scared to burn my bridges. But the regret piece is what I, you know, really like you have to be, and I, I'm sure it's with you too. Like you, you have to be kind of wired a certain way where regret is more scary than failure. Yeah, absolutely. So. so you talked about having passion and I know many people probably don't know, but if you could talk about Project Left Behind, because I think that's such a big part of your story as well and finding this passion with your kids and how uh, you continue to help through that project. Yeah, thank you. When I launched my business in 2008, not only had I not sold a jar <laughs> yet, but I knew I could. The other thing was starting a nonprofit, a 501c3, which is no small feat, of course. And so I co-founded that and it's called Project Left Behind and the whole premise behind it. Of course, there's a, a lot of great nonprofits out there. And I really believe we all are called to do something bigger than ourselves and leave the world in a better place. And it, you know, some people are really into animals and some people are really into nature and water. For me, it's children. And the reason being is just the journey of 
adopting and, and kind of understanding the plight of kids. I mean, it is by luck where we're all born in the world. Like, I am so lucky that I was born in the U.S. and, you know, have the parents I have. And so many, millions of kids do not have the opportunities that you and I have had just being born in the U.S. And I have amazing kids from my daughter, who I said is biological, to my two sons, who I don't even think of them really as adopted, but they, of course, are from a DNA standpoint. And I can't even imagine life without them. And so but they could have easily not been adopted. There's you know, millions of kids every year that A, for whatever reason, Romania closed down. You couldn't even go in and adopt the kids from that institution that I had seen on 2020. So they ended up actually closing down all adoptions from foreigners. So there's all these kids in all these systems that you know don't have a future. Like education, I've learned throughout you know starting this whole project off behind is the key to changing someone's futures for generations to come. But if you don't even have a, an elementary education, of course you can't go on to a trade school or tech school or anything like that. And so, of course, we could have kept adopting, you know, that's great. And that's a huge, I mean, we impacted two kids, which really they've impacted me more, but still, you can do one at a time, but what better way than starting a nonprofit for children that, you know, you can touch more lives and more children and ideally keep them in, you know, their home country environment, but really focusing on education, which is what Project Left Behind is really getting excited about because we have four kids going on to higher education. But yeah, I started in 2008, went to every project, you know, I've been all over the world. We haven't said yes to everyone. I'd probably say, Probably we've said yes to one out of four projects. And, you know, I wanted to co-found to be a big part of it. I just didn't want to give my money. I want to see where the money's going and make sure the money's going to the children, which can be kind of scary for donors. And then also, you know, I want to get dirty and paint walls. And so we actually take a group of women down to one of our projects in Peru. It's a children's home that has 22 children. They're indigenous children. Some of them even still go back and see their families on the weekend. But we do everything from, you know, we've painted the entire house to building gardens and always cooking with the children for sure. But, you know, and we've done bookshelves and things like that. I really want to be active in the participation of giving back. So it's been, that part's been fun and it's definitely a part of the story. So it all kind of, all kind of comes together. That's amazing. Well, hopefully we'll be able to travel again soon and we'll be able to go yes. on a project. I know you need to come. That would be I know. so fun. I know. Sure. <laughs> so I feel like we're both so lucky to have found work that we're really passionate about what advice would you give for people who are just trying to figure out that next step and to find something that they're passionate about? Yeah, I think that, well, you definitely want to kick it down the road and, you know, find somebody that can hold you accountable is key. And then I would say timing is important. I don't think I really touched on it when we were talking about this earlier, but I 
I'm a very impatient person. I'll just <laughs> throw it out there. I am. I'll be honest. But it wasn't the right timing. Whatever you believe in the universe, God, whatever your thing is, it wasn't the right timing until 2008. And even then, it was very scary. And so I feel like you've got to be ready to be ready. You know, so getting ready to be ready. And then you'll know, even though it won't be like written out in black and white, like you, you your gut knows when it's time to launch and never give up on your dream and your passion. Like what's the worst that could happen? You fail. So I just, you know, I it would inspire anyone to, to do the dream, start their new business and see where it leads. You don't need to know how you're going to end, you know? Yeah, for sure. I love that. Really. I am such a firm believer too. And it's all about timing and what's meant to be, um, we'll find you. Yeah. You're very good at that. <laughs> I take some notes from you. So that's so true. So when you were first starting out and I think I get this question too, but as a solo founder, do you ever wish that you had a co-founder? Did you ever consider that at the beginning? No, I definitely didn't consider it. And quite honestly, when people ask me that, I like, will tell them like, pretty much I believe, and this is just, again, this is my opinion, but like 90% of the time you should never, ever do that. I just think it complicates things. Like you'd have to just be doing it with someone that was so specific, like they know what their role is, you know what your role is, because at some point someone has to make a decision. You know what I mean? You can't be both be 50-50 because if you really disagree on it, nothing's going to get done. Like somebody almost has to be that 51%. However, I have a really unique situation where I definitely started the business on my own. And then a few years in, about four years in, my sister, I only have one younger sister, and she was a full, obvious full-time mom, four boys, which is incredible. And she was looking to kind of get back out in the workforce. And she approached me about working for me. And I was like, okay. And I had really always dreamed of that too. I had a, <laughs> over our drinks tonight, I'll tell you about my ideas just with her. Like I really did feel more powerful with my sister around me and surrounding me. And so that was never good timing either. So she approaches me, I say, okay. And now looking forward seven years, like what a fun flip and ride. Like I, I would say I'm the 51%, like I can override, but like we really complement each other really, really, really well. Like I love that she's got my back and I love that she's along for the ride because it can get kind of lonely when you're doing it by yourself. And she's been a huge inspiration on different ideas that we've come up with over the, I mean, she's just been like, I think of her honestly like a partner, but it didn't start out that way. And so I would definitely say like we're the 10% where I consider her kind of half of Netso, but she didn't start out that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so nice and such a special bond that you guys now have being able to work together. And for anyone who ever meets Danielle in person, both Danielle and her sister are about six <laughs> three. They have the same voice. <laughs> They're forced to be reckoned with. I know. It's been a fun ride for sure. So I love that part of it. It's kind of a neat little side because it was something I always dreamed of was having a, a business with her. So yeah, I've, I've made out like a champ. 
Well, and, and I think it's a good point when you say it can sometimes be lonely being a, mm. a solo founder. And I think sometimes, you know, you can feel stuck and don't necessarily have that person to really talk through issues with. So what do you do when you're feeling stuck and how do you have the courage to step into certain decisions? Yeah, that's a good one because everybody always sees us all perky, don't they? <laughs> there are times where I'm not feeling very perky. I do, you know, I think you and I both do this, but I'm all about mental, physical, and, you know, wellness health. Like I'm always trying to be health, healthier mentally and physically and spiritually. And so I think that's probably what can pull me out, but I'm just, I'm normal and average like everyone else. I definitely can feel stuck or even in a funk. What I've learned to do and try to do, sometimes I'm just, you know, if I know it's like just a day thing, like I don't freak out too much about it because I just feel like, you know, it could be a multitude of things and maybe it'll be over with, you know, tomorrow. But if it's, but if I can tell like, no, this is like a real funk, I try to change my vibration. And to say it more simply, it's like, getting my energy level up and somebody that's like really good at this. And I don't know if you've, you know, listened to a lot of what he says, but it's Tony Robbins. He's like very good at, you know, increasing the vibration around him. And he's got a really impeccable way of nurturing himself from the inside out to, so that he can perform the maximum, like he, you know, expects the maximum out of his himself, but he's really good about nurturing himself to get that maximum effect. And so um, changing my vibration, I mean, it can be anything from like putting on some really good funky music, you know, something like that. So I want a higher energy level. It could also be something doing something creative. I actually am not a sit and do meditation. I've tried it a gazillion times. It doesn't work for me, but I've learned through just, you know, taking different courses and stuff that, you know, you can meditate by being creative. Like I can meditate while riding a dirt bike with my youngest because I do nothing, but seriously, completely, I'm hundred percent focused because I don't want to spill the bike. And so like, it's so refreshing to me. Like if I did two hours of dirt biking with Matthew in the sand dunes in California, like I am exhausted, exhilarated, and like ready to roll. So that's like a really intense way for me um, to meditate. And, you know, the other one is to connect with someone that I know is my tribe, you know, and, and that could be my sister, it could be a really dear friend, but um, reaching out to you, you've helped me in some, you know, some lesser, lesser vibrational moments. And I think all of those ways can really help. I love that. I think knowing what those things are in your life that will really change how you're feeling in that moment is really important to find. Yes, it's 100% important for sure, especially as stressful as you know, running your own business can be day to day. Absolutely. So what's your approach to work-life balance then? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I'm just, I'm I'm kind of fanatical about if it's something for me, like I I have to exercise. I actually put it into my calendar. Um, Not because I'm some exercise fanatic. 
it can be anything like I walk the dog every day down to the beach. It's very, you know, it's very symbolic because of the beautiful waves are crashing. It's also, you know, energizing. It gives me time in nature with my dog who I love so much, but it's, it is some yin and yang, right? So I expect a ton from myself. I mean, I, don't I like to produce on multiple levels, but back to the Tony Robbins philosophy, I definitely take care of myself. Like I I don't even know if you know this. So almost embarrassing. Like I almost hate to say this out loud and it's silly why I'm almost embarrassed, but I have somebody that comes and gives me a massage almost every week. And for me, I get my best thinking done, my body's rejuvenated. Like I think it's so healthy, you know, to do that and have that downtime. I'm very stingy with the my me time. And I know some women struggle, especially with families, and you know, we're kind of pulled in a million directions, but I know from probably experience, like the more I take care of myself and what's going to help, you know, rejuvenate me, makes me a better leader, a better person, and definitely makes me more productive. So I say you can't slack off on the perks and and not everybody can afford, you know, a massage. like I couldn't afford a massage every week when I first started my business, but you know, I would do other things. I might get a massage once a month at least, you know? So I think those kind of things are important. Do you think that you had that point of view as far as work-life balance and like really taking care of yourself when you first started the business or has that evolved? I mean, (laughs) I'm battling getting older too. So I probably didn't. It's probably been, uh, well, yeah, no, I would say definitely not because I also, the other side of that is to um, not get on the roller coaster, which you are really, really good at. I mean, I I tell you all the time, but I'm telling you, it's like a, it's a trick, you know, you're just, you're naturally good at it. And so when you, you know, when I first started my business, I mean, I remember wanting to curl up in a ball a bunch of different times because I was like, oh, my business, you know, it's over. I'm going to, it's going to fail. I'm going to be out of business and it doesn't happen. And I know I've reached out to you on some big things that I felt like were, you know, kind of coming around me and surrounding my business. And so not getting on the roller coaster of, the drama of having your own business, you know, I think it's like super important. So as I've aged and become a more seasoned entrepreneur, I've learned to, you know, not remote, you know, to take, I'm very like adamant about the time I'm taking off to rejuvenate and take care of myself and, you know, nourish myself. Yeah. So I'm more fanatical. So I'm sorry, that was super long winded, but yes from the, the beginning till now. Cause at the beginning, I think I was just like, you know, head down like a bull in the China closet. And you can only do that for so long, or you're going to, you know, you're going to burn out. We've all known people who have burned out and that's why they burn out because they're not rejuvenating themselves. Yeah. I think it's only natural. I feel like at the beginning stages of a business that you're going to be all in. And it is really hard to balance. And I remember Super hard. in yeah. the beginning, like never getting out of the clothes that I rolled out of bed in <laughs> and wanting to go work out. But really it was an all-consuming business at the start. It's definitely tough to have that balance. Yeah, no, it is. So as someone who I always look to for health and wellness, 
kind of advice and tips. I feel like you and I are very much on the same page of that and you always have some good tips. Have you always been into health and wellness and how would you describe your personal philosophy? Yeah, I mean, I've always been into health and wellness pretty much, but I think it, again, has scaled up over the last few decades for sure. You know, it's like I know so much more now than obviously I knew two decades ago. So it's been a learning curve for sure. Firm, firm believer in the 80-20 rule. I don't just eat a certain way and, you know, and, and become a stickler. Like as long as I can eat it, I am gluten-free, but that's more for an autoimmune thing. I never deprive myself of anything if I really want it. Like I love ice cream. So if you (laughs) made me a big bowl of vanilla ice cream and it was homemade, I would say yes, a hundred percent of the time. So the 80, 20 rule, although that just seems like everyone uses that is really a huge part for me, but then, you know, it's just kind of staying up on everything. Like when I walk, a lot of times I'll listen to podcasts and, you know, or, you know, so I get a lot of information that way, but yeah, I think it's important. Like we're always growing. We're not ever going to stop, you know, knowledge isn't something that you just stop. Right. So you've got to keep getting it from all kinds of sources. So, you know, I, I, because I enjoy it, I think we both really just love it. It's like, you can never get enough articles and following, you know, all these big influencers that are experts in the field. It just, it's fun. Is there anything in your health journey that you wish you had figured out earlier? Like maybe wearing oh sunscreen or... Oh, yeah. Oh, geez, no, I didn't even think about that one, but I want to steal that one. Yeah, sunscreen would have been a big one for sure. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I was I even did tanning beds. That's like so scary. So I've, unfortunately, I've had to do a lot to try to reverse all that. But the one thing, and I think I did mention it to you recently, but it's these digestive enzymes. I wish I had known about that a lot earlier because I have a lot of digestive issues and it was kind of getting worse and worse. And they were like miracles for me. I wish I would have been taking digestive enzymes 10 years ago, honestly, but there's so many things, but yeah. And sunscreen is a good one. I like that. What would you say is your morning routine or do you have a morning routine? If maybe not a morning routine, any type of ritual throughout your day that you're like, this is my way that I start the day or I unwind my day. Yeah. So I don't do too many rituals. I know a lot of people do. I mean, the one thing I do like to do every single day is come up with three things I'm grateful for. And I have this little G sheet that I write them down on. And I think I try to just make it, I mean, you could fill a G sheet up in a matter of minutes, but if you do three things and I try to make them relevant for like that, if it's the morning, then it was the day before kind of thing. And I just think that helps start my day off on a very grateful feeling. So I really like that one. So that's about the only ritual I would say. My mornings tend to change based on a lot of different uh, things. So it's not like I do walk the dog every day. That is a ritual, <laughs> whether I like it or not. My dog pulls me out, but I like it. You know, I think being out in nature, I grew up on 137 acres in the woods of Pennsylvania. So I'm a very outdoorsy, natural, no you know, no shoes, bare feet, you know, kind of philosophy. So like getting, you know, down to the sand and walking barefoot on the sand in the morning with the dog and the waves. And, you know, it's, it's really magical. 
That sounds like an amazing way to start the day. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) It is. All right. So now we're going to go through some quick, rapid fire Q&A. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. (laughs) Try to be good. All right. Go for it. The best advice you've received that's helped your business. Oh, gosh. Bootstrap. Definitely bootstrap. Like, I'm so glad I did, right? Because it's made me be so savvy about where I'm going to spend my dollars. And I think everyone should try to bootstrap rather than go friends and family, at least for the first 18 months, bootstrap. Favorite wellness hack? Oh my gosh. I don't even think I told you this. I love and don't laugh, but going to a stretch lab, I don't know what they're called here in Boulder, but like in San Diego, they have all these little pop-ups. So the one I go to is called Stretch Lab and I go there for 50 minutes once a week and I have like guy like put me in these different stretches. So it's kind of like someone in yoga putting, you know, like putting their hands on you and like really stretching you into a position. It feels so good and I think it's really helped alleviate some of my back issues. So that's my little hack once a week, like a Stretch Lab. That sounds amazing. It's good. (laughs) What's something that brings you joy? Oh, that's easy. My kids. Three random things that you're currently loving. So it could be a TV show, a podcast, a product. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, well, I think we both love this one, but Yellowstone, if anyone has not watched it, like I highly, highly recommend. I got my parents watching it. My sister is watching it. Like we're all addicted. So season four cannot come out fast enough. Kevin Costner. I and then you know this, but I don't think you're as fanatical, but I love the body deli and the cucumber um, gel that they have. You have to keep it in the refrigerator. And I've been using that for how long? Like, I think it's been 10 years. And I just like slather it all over my face morning and night. I like love that stuff. So that's like amazing. And then I would say cold brew coffee. That's hard for me to give up. I love it. So do you have a favorite brand of cold brew? Yeah. So I, my favorite brand, gosh darn it. It's called, it's only in San Diego too. And it's in a bottle stone, stoneworks. That's what it's called. Yeah. Love that stuff. It's so good. All right. Next one. Travel destination you're dreaming of going to next. You're going to laugh. That's a great question. Vietnam. And I want to actually do dirt biking through the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Like I want to like do that on a dirt bike. So I think it would be so cool. What do you want more of in your life? Time. (laughs) What do you want less of? Stress. A meal that you'll never forget. Hmm. Um... I think it would be probably Thanksgiving. Like I made this for the, I made Thanksgiving for my parents and my sister, gosh, like 14 years ago. And it was my first hosting Thanksgiving and it was just so awesome and fun. And, you know, so I'd I'd have to say that. So it was more the company than necessarily the food. Well, I thought, no, I really went out (laughs) on a limb with the food. Like I had like oyster stuffing and like, you know, really went gourmet. So it was definitely the food was involved, but (laughs) also the family. Your favorite nutso moment. Oh, that would be Dr. Oz. I know he doesn't, isn't as popular anymore, but when he named us as the number one thing we, he couldn't live without was in 2011. So he was still like, he was almost like still uh, connected to Oprah. So he had the Oprah effect. So that was pretty, pretty delightful when we were on Dr. Oz. 
What's your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I, well, not to be redundant, but I would say my massage once a week. I really <laughs> like it a lot. <laughs> I love it. All right. So in closing, what is next for Nutso? I know you have a lot of exciting things planned. Yeah, we do. We're actually launching two products two flavors this year, which is super exciting. They're very different. We've had great success with our keto butter, which is like an upgraded coconut butter. It has seven different nuts and seeds, of course, including coconut. So it's got that really delectable coconut base. And then, so we're launching a chocolate keto. It's three grams net carb made with coconut sugar, and it's phenomenal. I know you don't like chocolate, but it is really, really, I think I could switch you almost. And then the other one is a five seed tahini butter. We've had a lot of requests from consumers wanting us to come up with the seed butter. And it's very difficult to make seed butters taste good. I don't know of one in my head that I would be like, oh, you should try the seed butter because it just doesn't, they don't taste good at all. But I was playing in the pandemic with, well, first I did the sourdough starter (laughs) and I was making sourdough for quite a few weeks. That takes a lot of flour and time, but I did get into that. And then tahini, like I just, it's been the other craze of the pandemic. So I got into tahini and making it, baking with it and making salad dressings. And I found that it actually, again, kind of helped my stomach. I, I don't have I mean, I'm a self-taught health and nutrition person, but something with tahini I've read like really can help soothe the stomach and help with your um, gut health. So I was like, wow, this is like a magical thing. And then obviously I started playing with different seeds in there just to give it even more depth in its flavor profile. So our tahini fusion has sunflower seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, and pumpkin seeds, along with the sesame seeds that are lightly toasted. So it's very yummy and it's more for savory dishes, but you can bake with it too. So that's coming out in July. I'm so excited for your tahini to come out. And I've been (laughs) seeing so many recipes online for tahini chocolate chip cookies that I think would just be perfect. Even though I don't like chocolate, I like a good chocolate chip cookie. (laughs) I had, well, there you go. So that would be a nice meeting in the middle. Yeah. Well, we'll have to try the recipe then. That sounds amazing. So the both are coming out in July. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, exactly. And online as well. We should have the first productions April, but you know how that goes. So we have to do the production and then May. So really online, probably yeah, first week in June. But yeah, so super excited. Lots so going exciting. On. So <laughs> where can listeners find you and how we oh, can gosh. support you? Well, that's really sweet. Well, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Eat Nutso. And then, you know, if, I mean, tell your friends and try it, buy our product. You know, that's, that's the best way. Give it as gifts. We have a lot of people that we had this one woman who reached out and her boss was so into Nutso that they wanted to give it to 250 of their um, holiday gifts, you know, so they sent their holiday card along with one jar of nuts. No, I think they did two jars of nuts. So, so we had to do it in house because our fulfillment company wouldn't do the card thing. But I thought, how sweet, like I couldn't say no to that 250 people. So tell your friends, you know, it's all about word of mouth for sure. And what retailers can people find nuts throughout the country? 
Yeah, so we're in uh, about 10,000 doors. It just depends. You can go on our locator page would be the easiest way and put in your zip code. But we're in everything from Kroger's to all the Whole Foods is always a great place to start. We are definitely in Sprouts and a lot of Costco's. A lot of people have defined us at Costco because of the, you know, the it's huge. It's a 26 ounce. So you, if you love nuts, you'll really like that size. But yeah, I would say probably going to our locator page too is probably the quickest. Well, Danielle, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I can't oh, wait thanks to share for this having episode. me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Congratulations. I mean, this is right. I mean, you're going to be amazing. So I'm so excited to be a part of it. Thanks, Danielle. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.